dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Did you notice that you stole my prayer? You prayed I did not. the episode. What? <laughs> you prayed I did before what? the episode. I <gasps> my episode. I did. I thought you meant I stole something from the way you normally pray. And I'm like... No. That's fine. You you can teach me how to pray, <laughs> but you meant that I'm I prayed. To say amen too. I prayed. In, yeah, I prayed instead of you. Yeah. Uh, I just had a conversation this morning about me me taking over other people's jobs, literally <laughs> just this morning. Like just not just. That's the problem with like being being a pastor. You just assume that you're in charge all the time, uh, yeah. and you, you have to kind of be reminded to like not just jump in and handle it. I feel like I had. I feel like I had something similar happen recently. Oh gosh, what was it? Something happened to me recently where I did I did that and it was incredibly awkward because it had to be pointed out that it wasn't actually <laughs> my job. But you know, you, know what's, you know what's ironic about what I just said is because we just had a conversation beforehand about not doing... <laughs> <laughs> me not doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing other people's work, but I'm not doing my own work as much as I should. Anyway. <laughs> that's, yeah, well, <laughs> that's the truth. Um, this is why uh, our guardian angels just look on and laugh sometimes. So I, mother let me use a new knife. I almost call it her knife, um, but we don't own anything at the monastery, so Correct. it's our knife. Okay. <laughs> and it's a new one, and it's super sharp, and I used it this morning to, to prep some vegetables for our Thanksgiving stuffing. Stuffing? Is that what it's called? Yes. Like I-N-G, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and I... It's so sharp that you don't even feel when you cut yourself. <laughs> Oh. And so I cut my middle finger. I took it like, wow. I took a really decent chunk. I wish you could see this on the camera, but you surely can't. Um, I can, you can a little bit. I see the um, red line. I took a decent chunk out of the middle finger and then just a little bit of a slice on my thumb. But Do nuns get workman's comp? <sighs> yes. Like workman's, from God? Workman's comp is... Does God give you money when you cut your hand on a <laughs> on a monastery knife? <laughs> Uh, we put sometimes we put as our employer, uh, we put God, like when we go to the doctors or something like that. The one true God in three persons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So that's been, yeah, getting ready for Thanksgiving has been fun. We who have, is your employer? Like what? What are you supposed to put on there? I'm unemployed. Wow, we're all unemployed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was actually this time that. Mother Gabriella likes to talk about that. She went to the doctor one time. This was when she had kind of she had first entered the monastery, and and she was really she was kind of insecure about the fact that because because we get the question a lot, you know, of of but what do you do? Even even from Catholics, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, you're not nurses and you're not teachers, and so what do you do? Like basically, how do you contribute to our lives? Yep. Um, and apparently, prayer isn't good enough. But that's when you just say, uh, "Sorry, I'm taking you off the prayer list." If you don't think I'm doing anything, then like literally you are not getting prayers anymore. And like, let's see how your life changes. And then you're going to come crawling back, crying out that you want us to do what we have been doing for you all along. Just kidding. Don't do that. So yeah, I'm not going to do that, but it might cross my mind. And so Mother Gabriella goes to the doctor and she fills out her paperwork 
and she has to be unemployed, right? And so the person's doing her check-in, uh, and and they just say, uh, "So you're unemployed," and and they just said it in a totally harmless way. They're mm. just confirming what's on the paper as they yeah. do. And Mother Gabriella goes, "Well, yes." But I contribute to society. <laughs> She's like very defensive, and so we we often quote that, even though that would have been, gosh, I don't know, like ten years ago. We still quote that today. But I contribute to society. Yeah, so, I just had a conversation yesterday, and I, I'm writing this down because I need to think of it. You know, like the fact that Catholics, so many Catholics don't understand the importance of, because it's not even, I mean, we have to say that, right? And we've, I'm sure we've said this before, but especially in the East, like monasticism, the benefit isn't even praying for other people. Like that, that's mm-hmm. not your main job. Your main, your main contribution to the world is not praying for other people. The, your main contribution to the world is being holy yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like it's being my a, yeah. yeah, it's your own salvation. It's, it's when you are, a healthy, holy member of the body of Christ, we all benefit. And you have to put your own mask on first. So your holiness is an immense benefit to us. And therefore, we should all desire that that is your primary goal. Like that is your primary ministry. Also going back to an earlier conversation we had today. Um, so it's like, th- this is, this is um, like, that. that's what it is. And I think in that same way, like understanding how we are linked within the body of Christ and how we benefit from the other members, like that's why we believe in infant baptism because we believe mm. that another member of the body of Christ can speak for another member of the body of Christ because we're all the same member and then get them baptized and then promise that we will, as the body of Christ, raise that member of the body in a way that they can embrace this for themselves. But this is why Baptists and other other uh, Protestants do not do infant baptism. I think they they, they lack an understanding of the, the real, the very real reality of the body of Christ as St. Paul talks about it. Um, they just see it a different way. But I, I, I was chatting with a a friend of mine who's who's kind of spiritual but not religious yesterday and and man this is our second conversation ever like we met at a birthday party and then it's we like nine months later we're, we're meeting up again and we're having a conversation and he like i i love friends like this that's why i'm like i want i want this guy to be my real friend is because he he absolutely pulled no punches he's like so catholicism so celibacy, like he just like on our second meeting, he's going to go big. He's like, this is my issue with Catholicism. This is my issue with celibacy. And he threw it out there and it wasn't done in any way malicious. It was absolutely mm. done in, if we're going to be friends, we need to understand like, and have these conversations. Like, and he even asked me about something that I don't think he would consider, but when he first presented it to me, it was kind of like, he was, it was IVF. He's like, so what do you think of IVF? And, and I was like, um, you know, in, in vitro fertilization. And I was like, well, and I just thought, you know, this may be something it wasn't, but I thought this may be something that he and his wife are, are, are doing that, that he may think I'm, I'm critical of him for, but even in his mm. kind of spiritual not religious, he actually doesn't believe in IVF, um, which I was, I was mm. kind of surprised and, and heartened by that. Um, but then I found out later on as we got to know each other better, like he's, he's very much a naturalist and things like that. So it makes sense, you know, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah. um, do something artificial like that. But um, anyway, um, but yeah, he, he threw it out there and, and that was my, that was my kind of off the cuff explanation for, like my response to his criticisms of religion, because he has a very specific set of experiences about religion that mm-hmm. definitely he would say, and I would say, have formed his his mistrust, lack of trust in, in any religion, 
any organized religion at all. And so, but my my response to his specific frustrations and um, dislikes of religion was the one body of Christ from St. Paul, that, mm-hmm. that I think if we, if, if someone doesn't understand how a nun or a monk contribute by working on the salvation of their own soul first and other things like hospitality, prayer for others, of course, but their own soul first, then they don't understand infant baptism. Then they don't understand the, the role of religion and why that's a good thing. Namely having a corporate church community that you belong to and actually influence each other in sacramental and human ways. Um, so we should do a, we should do a whole podcast on, on saving one's soul and doing that first and all of the reverberations. I need to stop saying this. I got to stop saying out loud that we need to do a podcast on these things because people get excited. I literally had somebody the other day. We now literally have someone keeping track of that. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad. Um, You you did mention that earlier because just just about what last week I had somebody call me and say, if you ever do the regret podcast, I'm like, what? The regret, like literally the regret podcast was one that I was going to do probably four years ago when I was with oh, Catholic with stuff. Catholic stuff. Okay. <laughs> and so I put out a thing on Facebook saying, hey, I'm doing a podcast on regret. Do you have any stories about regret? And the stories were so beautiful and powerful and intense that I, I didn't, I just couldn't do it right away. Like I, I needed to process things with people. I needed to get more feedback anyway. And I was like, they said, if you ever do that, I'm like, that's hilarious. Like they're, they're still remembering my saying, I want to do this from like four or five years ago. Uh, the, the person who's keeping track of when we say that, he said that he kept, he intentionally, he was like, I'm not going to put this in episode on the list. Cause that's probably a, that's probably a tender spot. And I was like, that's really funny. Hey, this mother, so. mother, mother, just this morning, father, father, father. just this morning, I realized what I need to do for that episode. And it's, I, I know, I know my, my way of research, this is my thought. My way of research is. I'm going to go out and sin a bunch. <laughs> exactly. What's the in, inductive reasoning rather than deductive reasoning. Um, the, uh, I, I'm going to buy a plane ticket. I have other reasons for this and I'm going to fly to Holy Resurrection Monastery and I'm going to sit yes. down with Father Maximus rather than trying to read his Do dissertation. Do it. Yes. Do it. So, and tell anyway, me when you're doing it so I can go at the same time because I love them. There we go. There we go. All right. Um, okay. Really? I'm going to get started on my topic. Although here's the honest thing. First of all, I can't see you. I keep having to turn the video off because mm. our internet stinks today. Uh, like worse than usual, but uh, that's okay. I'm not as dependent upon the video as I once was, but here's the other thing. This really, I'm putting it forth as my topic. It's really your topic because (laughs) this is just like how you live life. You've already achieved this thing that I'm trying so hard to achieve and which I mentioned to you earlier, but Anyway, so I'm sure you'll have a lot more to say about it than I do, but I do have lots of stuff that I want to share. And I guess, you know, I was praying with this on Pustinia, so this might even be a word from a Pustinic podcast, which by the time I'm saying this, people already know based on the title. But anyways, my my topic is living in the present moment. So... Yay. Yeah, which is just like, that's just Father Michael's jam. You're so good at living in the present moment. Um. And it's your cross and your crown, as I was saying it earlier. <laughs> but the the reason I kind of started praying with this is in 
in a recent, uh, Father Michael, can I say something? I'm going to say something that you said to me and you might not be happy that I shared it. So sorry, not sorry. I meant to ask ahead of time. We can always edit it out, but I don't think that's We're not going to. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I was actually going to present it as like, someone said to me, but it's actually, I don't know how to share it outside of the context of this was spiritual direction. (laughs) Uh, I figured you were going to respond with that anyways. It was me. So I was sharing with you in spiritual direction, this particular struggle that I was having about anxiety about the future. Um, We were talking about a very particular situation and I was fearful for where it was headed and what was going to come out of it and how I was going to look because of it and how people were going to judge me because of it and all of these things. And I was, I was just a ball of anxiety, um, a complete mess. And I, I often have these struggles about the past right in in regretting my past and not being able to reconcile and not being able to forgive myself and all of these things but this particular time it was about the future and which both of these are are not living in the present moment which is what we're called to do but as um as I was talking to you about this your response was you just said mother natalia you are literally disobeying <laughs> jesus's command to not be anxious about the future and i was like and immediately, without hesitation, I was like, you're right. You're absolutely right. And 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 that's just, that's what I needed to hear. And mm-hmm. um, because obedience is so important to me. <laughs> and so maybe that's, I don't know if, I don't know if that was your intention or what, but like obedience is so important to me that I was like, you're right. To be obedient, I need to not be anxious about this. And, and somehow it just worked. And <laughs> immediately I was like, okay, let's just move on then. Uh, this thing that I'd been totally in, a, agonizing over for, for months, not months, but weeks. Um, and it was just like that, just done. And afterwards it was funny because you were like, you just started laughing when I responded. And I was like, I didn't make a joke. It was one of those times where you're laughing and I'm not joking. And so, and I usually don't know why at that moment. Father Steve Flynn does this a lot too. Father Michael Lee does this a lot too. And they just, I say things and they laugh and I'm like, that wasn't a joke. Uh, anyways, you, you were laughing because you said, I'm trying to think of who else I would say that to. Exactly. And I think you're the only person. You're the who only would, person. Who I would be like that blunt, like, um, mother, you're disobeying the yeah. word of God. <laughs> and knowing that you'll take that well, <laughs> um, but it's it, but it's true, right? And so, and that's that's what I needed to hear. But but that kind of um, turned into this this prayer that I took, especially on Pustinia, about what that means to not be anxious about the future and. Um, so I was praying about not being anxious about the future, but also not regretting the past. And that's where, um, where this podcast came about. So I was reading. Are you going to read, are you going to read that quote by chance from the Bible? No. Do you want to I just it pulled it up. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and do it. Cause my internet's not good enough for that. <laughs> so this is, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm just going to read the, the, the very, the verses. So this is, um, Matthew six. Um, let's start with, ooh, we could go long. Okay. So this is Matthew six, starting with 25, actually well, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. 
Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you are to eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. This is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Uh, why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon that all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That mm -hmm. those last two verses, last verse was what I was thinking. So yeah, don't worry about tomorrow. Um, and, and, and I, so I think if we, if we look at that verse, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have enough trouble on its own mm -hmm. of its own. And, um, and and like today has its troubles and and just worry about those. And I think the point there is that if I'm worrying about tomorrow, I'm not even addressing the problems of today mm -hmm. because I'm being pulled away from them. Mm -hmm. And um, or I'm not I'm not involved in the joys of today. Whatever it is, I'm not involved in today because my mind is elsewhere. And the like I said, this this most often occurs for me. I, I guess I do get anxious about the future, but it's it's much mo more so for me, I think, and feel free to to disagree with me on this, Father Michael, but for me, it's more of the like looking behind and not being able to get past things and not mm -hmm. being able to uh, to accept and to forgive and to all of that. And so when I was on Pustinia, I I was praying about about what you and I had talked about in direction. And I was also reading Origins, I think I've given him a shout out to this, but shout out to my friend Ryan who sent me a copy of Origins homilies on some of the Psalms. Mm. And these are the the newer manuscripts that have been found. Um, and so uh, Origin, you know, one of my favorite church fathers, <laughs> a heretic. Uh, anyways, so embarrassing. But I do, I do like a lot of the things he says. Uh, there are some things that I just like have marked in the book, <laughs> heresy, so that if anyone else <laughs> borrows this book, they'll know. <laughs> Don't believe this part, but um, but the part it's it. This is probably how it is with most heretics, right? It's like the parts that are good are really good, and the parts that are bad are really bad. Um, they they, they, they so, wouldn't be able to have been listened to if they didn't have something good, yeah, or at least a reflection mm -hmm. of something. So good. this is. This is from his his homily, um, his fourth homily on Psalm thirty six. Um, you know, I don't actually remember. I checked it in my Bible, and I feel like it's Septuagint, but I might be lying. So it's one of the Psalm thirty sixes, <laughs> and um, but he's talking about the the a verse that says. Um, by the Lord, the strides of a human being are straightened and he will want his road. Whenever he falls, he will not be wrecked. And so um, he's then, he then talks about, um, he's talking about the strides of a person um, and stepping through. And so, so in other words, progressing, right? Moving forward 
on the way of the Lord, in the way of the Lord. And so he he says in this one part, I think I just found another part of my hand that I cut. Oh my goodness, that knife is so sharp. You don't even feel it happen. So he says um, in this homily, the strides of a person progressing already and stepping through are wasted because he looks behind him. Mm-hmm. And so so as we're as we're moving forward, that movement is in a sense wasted when we're looking behind, mm-hmm. which reminded me like that sounds kind of harsh. Um, it sounds kind of harsh, but it reminded me of uh, the life profession service because there's there's the part in which the bishop says, um, I had this pulled up on the internet before everything horrible happened um, with the internet, not in my life. And the, but anyways, the, the part of the profession service, the bishop says something like, therefore do not look, do not look backwards at the things of your past or you will lose the kingdom of heaven. Um, or you will lose this kingdom or whatever, whatever it is that he's, um, but he's talking about the kingdom of God. And which reminded me obviously of, of Sarah and um, Lot's wife, you know, like looking back, (laughs) Sarah. I don't think so, but I don't remember. I don't think so either. I think it's just Lot's wife is what she's called. Anyways. Siri, what is the name of Lot's wife? It just, it just opened up Google. The so, Bible does not mention um, Lot's wife's name, but great. the rabbis so, refer to her as Edith. Oh, I-D-I-T. Well, we're just going to say Lot's wife. And <laughs> okay. so um, Sarah is Abraham's wife and then Abraham yes. is Lot's. So anyways, uh, Lot's wife looking backwards, pillar of salt, boom, you know. And and so it's it's true. I think, and, and I talked about this when we talked about the profession service, when we did that series, but... I think that the the intention there is they're saying don't look back at your life in the world in the sense of like wanting to go back there. Um, but for me, the more applicable thing is don't look back at the the life you had in the world because your regret is going to pull you back there and the the wishing things were different, the all of that. Um, yeah. And the or or trying to still process and and processing is good, but like sometimes it's just a distraction <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so so I was thinking of that when when Origins talking about how um, we um, we waste progress when we look backwards, and um, simultaneously I'm reading along with my friend John. I'm reading the Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection, which I've have you read this, Father Michael? No. Okay, that's not a dig. This isn't a book that I've like given you or something. Um, <laughs> But, that was uh, a dig. <laughs> <laughs> the second part of that statement was a dig. <laughs> You're right, but I didn't mean to do that, but then it, I, I did. I know. So <laughs> um, it's like I make these digs without even meaning to, which is whatever. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, so I've, I've read this book before, and then John and I were talking about things that, um, about the being in the present and and whatnot that as he was sharing this, I was like, oh man, you need to read Practice of the Presence of God. Have you read this? And mm-hmm. um, and he hadn't. And so he's reading it and I'm rereading it and we're kind of sharing some of the fruits of that with one another. But the the part that I was at, um, this is from a eulogy. It's called a eulogy. I don't know. That's really a eulogy um, by Bishop something or other that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Um, 
Beaufort, maybe, anyways, about Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. And, and he's saying, he's talking about Brother Lawrence, and he says, that is why he, Brother Lawrence, said the greatest glory you could give God was to completely mistrust your own strength and trust completely in his protection because that is how to make a sincere confession of your own weakness and a true acknowledgement of the omnipotence of the creator. And um, so, so to summarize that, he says that the greatest glory you can give God is to mistrust your strength and trust completely in his, because that's how we confess our own weakness and acknowledge the power of God. Hmm. And I was like, this is, this is exactly the problem of, that I have in getting stuck in the past. This is why I, this is what draws me away from the present is I can't simply make this, this act of like, I can't take those mistakes and just say, Oh, look, I made this mistake. Um, that clearly shows my weakness and a a place for God's strength. And it shows my, (laughs) um, my stupidity and his wisdom and, and all of these things. Um, and it's not ascribing that glory to God. And that's what's pulling me away from the present, um, if that makes any sense. Do you have any comments on that before I keep going? No, go ahead. Okay, so, um, so the reason I bring up these two, is the background noise okay, by the way? I'm not hearing it at all, so. Fantastic. I think yeah. there's something with this mic that like, I can hear it all happening but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, the the reason I bring up this this aspect of anxiety about the future or anxiety about the past or even, you know, I'm talking about the negatives here, but it also could be um, a joyful anticipation of the future or a trying to recapture mm-hmm. a joy of the past. Um, mm-hmm. This can happen with those as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to, and I'll get to that in a second. But um but the reason I bring both of those up is because our God is a God of the present. And to live in either the past or the future is to be drawn away from him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and this doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that we should never remember the past or the future, but I think that we should only do so in order to inform the present. And or or to see God working in us in the present through these things, yeah. and and I have a, a few examples of that. Um, one from the past, one from the future, and one liturgical. And the the example the example I have from the past is, and I've I've already talked about this on the podcast before, but um, there was just such joy and such peace that I felt on my honeymoon um, after my life profession, and. And there have been several moments since then that I felt that slip away <laughs> hmm. and and I kind of, I, I don't even know how to articulate how this happened, but it was like, I was remembering my honeymoon, but it wasn't in the sense of I'm going back there and I'm trying to escape the present and I'm trying to live in that and I'm trying to, like, it wasn't a me going back there it was a pulling my honeymoon and the graces from that to the present and um, and making them, like bringing them back to reality by calling them to mind. 
And, and similarly, um, an example from the future, uh, when I, when I say like, it doesn't mean that we're never supposed to remember the past or think about the future or whatever. Um, I'm giving this, uh, I'm leading a, a literal pustinya, a retreat in the desert for, um, for some women from Wyoming Catholic in April, April. And, um, I'm super, super excited about it. It's going to be, it's just like all of the things that I love to do and there's going to be hiking and camping and, um, and conferences about silence and the desert fathers and things like that. And then we'll have grand silence during the days, except when I'm giving direction to the girls and things like that. Um, and <clears throat> it's okay for me to think of that and to bring it to the present in order to prepare, right? Like, um, for me to know that this thing is coming and because of that, have my heart open to how the Lord wants to speak to me to prepare me for that experience and to prepare me for what he wants me to give to these women and things like that. And so, um, so it's, it's not like, um, we can never think about the past or the future, but I think we need to do so in a healthy and integrated way and always in a present, not like, um, trying to already be in the future or trying to go back to the past, but um, to see how they inform us in the present and how we're encountering God in them. And I think the liturgical example of this that's that's perfectly appropriate is the um, the remembrance part, the amnesis. No, anamnesis, yeah. Anamnesis, anamnesis. yeah. Oh anamnesis. So, um. Because in this, we what what are the what are the exact words, Father Michael? You can call it to mind. The cross, death, resurrection, ascended to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the second coming in glory. Right. So we're we're remembering the 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 cross, death, and resurrection. Right. These things that happened in a historical past. Mm-hmm. Um, the the sitting at the right hand, which is hmm. kind of the historical present. Um, but also the second coming in glory, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is kind of a historical future. Like yeah. it's, it's not really any of those things because the whole God is outside of time and space and all of that. But it's like for us as humans who live in time, that's what those things are. And, yeah. um, and so, but in the anamnesis within the context of the liturgy, we're calling all of those things to the present and we're experiencing all of them here and now. Right. Um, uh, the the bread and wine on the altar actually become the resurrected body of Christ <laughs> and yeah. and the resurrected blood of Christ and um, so anyways I think that's just this um, this fascinating liturgical example of of how our God is a God of the present is that He takes both past present and future and brings them all to the present for us in the liturgy. Amen. I thought of another liturgical example as you were saying that. I think that there's a, because I think the big the big thing that I'm sure listeners are going to be saying, well, then, you know, and I'm I'm actually just saying this as if I was listening, I'd be saying this because I, if I, uh, my, my tendency to, um, if I didn't have the grace of God in the way he's given it. And uh, my tendency would be to be such a 
adventure-minded person and in a way only by by adventure i mean like only what is pleasurable to me it's like a like kind of hedonist when it comes like i'm I'm gonna i'll be seeking pleasure but pleasure in a very adventurous way that i think my i could very easily be homeless Mm. like i could i could say i don't want a nine to five i i want to i want to live very simply and not have to pay, you know, for housing or car, car insurance. I'm just, I want to, I want to be, I want to hitchhike across the whole country and be homeless all the time. And separate myself from all responsibilities like that, that, that is a temptation that I, that of course I never have to worry about now because I'm a priest, but, and I would never want to leave that. But that, but like that, that's my, that like having fun all the time in an adventurous way is a tendency of mine. So I think someone like me hears that and goes, okay, living in the, that, that's very much living in the present moment. I mean, that's like saying, I have no idea where I'm going to go tomorrow. No idea where we're going to sleep tonight. Like I, 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 I'm not planning ahead for anything. Um, and so there's a, so people would ask, okay, well, how does that work then responsibility? Like a responsible person, especially a, a parent or a spouse or someone has to, has to look to the future and, and, and in a way that is is non anxious, and everything you just said, right? Everything in the present moment prepares us for the future. Everything like we have to live in the present moment. So somebody would ask about about that, and I thought another liturgical example would be fasts, which we're in right now. We're in a fasting period, mm. and so the the fast makes no sense on its own. But to live mm. the fast well, you have to be looking to the feast that that ends it. The fast mm-hmm. ends on a feast, so we're fasting in order to feast. Um, but, but, but we don't, if we looked forward too much to the feast, we're going to be thinking about the food we eat and the, the rest we're going to get and all these things like that. Um, then we'll, we'll, we'll want those things now. So we, we will not fast well. So there, there's a, a balance and a wisdom and a nuance to saying I can live in the moment, but an example like fasts that, that, that have to be seen, in relation to the feast which they prepare for can be similar to how we can live in the moment and yet be living lives of responsibility in mm-hmm. saying that that the the present moment um what this present moment is what it's not um that's kind of where i think i, m- I mentioned to you that spiritual direction or i've mentioned to others certainly to myself like when it comes to it says today has worries enough of its own. In other words, there are things that, that we are dealing with today. Like that there's things that we're doing mm-hmm. today and tomorrow we'll have other things that we're dealing with. And if we have a to-do list that, that, that allows us to say, I just can't do this today. I'll, I'll put it back to tomorrow or to the next year, next week or whatever. Um, that is very much living in the present moment in order to empower what's, what's coming tomorrow, the next week, the next month, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and an, an example of that, um, I think for, well, also when you were talking about the, the fasting periods and they only make sense if you look at the what's coming, the same is true of our feasting periods, right? So we have, um, I want to say four weeks of the year that that there's no fasting, even on even on Wednesday and Friday. Um, and And that makes no sense if we're not calling to mind what just happened. And yeah. because yeah. otherwise it's just a, um, otherwise it's just a, a gluttony and a neglect mm-hmm. of, of spirituality. And it's like all of these things. And it's, it's a, um, unless we're calling to mind the reason that this is happening. Yeah. Um, but we see this actually. So this is really cool. Like in, in post feast and, um, 
in the the post feast periods, which we're in right now, actually, as we record this, we're in the post feast of um, in just a few minutes, actually on the East coast is the dismissal of this feast, but of the, the entrance of the mother of God into the temple. Mm-hmm. And so during these post feast periods, um, the, the few days or the week after the feast, we sing hymns that say today the Virgin enters the temple, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, um, and, this is this happens like well, especially because of the way that theophany and nativity and all of those things were split up, um, and um, the presentation into the temple. But but we say like today, all of these things happen that clearly happened at different times. Right. <laughs> um, so there's there's a beautiful there's a beautiful remembrance there in a way mm. of like this is the church reminding us. I think that um, we need to to celebrate all of these as though they are in the present because our God is a God of the present. Um, that is beautiful. I had not thought of that, but that, um, that, that, that exactly relates to the topic. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was just like a, a reference to anamnesis. Like we can say today it's happening, but it, it's, 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 that's also a, that's also very much a living in the moment because we are acknowledging, acknowledging anamnesis and that they, that these, these feasts, that are now beyond space and time because they're part of the mystery of God and his salvation are now present to us in the moment. And, and a, a even, a, I mean, this is, this is most Christians, most Byzantine Catholics even um, probably do not know that we're in the post feast, you know, mm-hmm. or they have those little F on the wall calendars, meaning final day of the feast, you know? And so, but, but like how many of even my parishioners don't know that we're in a post feast right now and that they should be, acknowledging that in their prayer and and that that means that means living in the moment what what is 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 are we in a pre-feast post-feast fasting season feasting season saint of the day time and time of the day all these things yeah yeah um and and that's the thing too of the the beauty of the liturgical year is that god oh god is so smart um there are all these times that i'm like if i were god i would do this differently but um i know that he's right and he's a good god so uh anyways this is one of those t- <laughs> um this you're like i'm glad you finally realized that yeah. after all these years of direction <laughs> just the way um, you said it like even the, like oh jesus get get your act together <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> uh i do that sometimes but yeah. the um but this is one of one of the ways in which it's just like so obvious that he's that he's a wise god is he knows that we are because he created us that we are creatures who are in time right we we operate in time and so the church in her wisdom bestowed upon her by the spirit <laughs> um, has these different days. Like you're, you're saying, you know, to ask is today just, is today um, who's the saint of the day or what feast are we in or what fast are we in? And, and all of these are because the, the Lord invites us to encounter him in each day yeah. in different ways, right? We're called to encounter him in a feast just as much as we're called to encounter him in a fast, but it's different ways and different manifestations in part because we're human and we need that flux and we need that um, because if it's just always a feast or always a fast, we're going to get bored and and we're going to forget him and we're going to get in routine and, and all of these things. Um, 
So there's just a, a great wisdom there, I think. Amen. Um, yeah. And that's and that that is an acknowledgement of the the common grace. I was talking earlier about, you know, talking to my buddy yesterday about the difference between spirituality and religion. And it's like that that's that's the that living in the moment is just acknowledging where the body of Christ is, the whole body. Mm-hmm. And are we standing and breathing and our heart beating along with the heart beating and the breathing and the standing, the posture of the body of Christ. Um, that's just a, it's such an, I think unappreciated and I'm preaching to myself here, unappreciated reality. Um, we need to do, I'll talk to you about this later, sister, but I have some ideas for, uh, for our, our nonprofit and some of the, where some of the funds yeah. can go when people give to Patreon and Fotina. So anyway, Anyways, I'll talk to you about it later about it. But I, it's kind of in regard to this empowering people to live more liturgically. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so one example that I wanted to give of how destructive it can be to not live in the present is, I want to tell you the story from Father Michael's life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the, We've we've told this story somewhat on the podcast before. Man, I've said that a lot this episode. Sorry, guys, <laughs> but the there was the time that that Father Steve came to Colorado um, along with a couple other priest friends, right? On my my home visit, and we hiked a fourteener, and it was lots of fun and whatever. Had mass at the top, and um, when I was leaving, there was the whole mess up with um, with time zones and things hadn't transferred over in Father Steve's phone and whatever. So he realizes on his way to the airport that he's two hours behind. (laughs) And so he's running two hours late to the airport and he's like, probably not going to make it. We're not going to talk about the speeding that he did because it stresses me out still to think about it. Um, I wish he hadn't given me the number. He just didn't mm-hmm. have to tell me the number of <laughs> how fast he was driving, but he did. Yep. Anyways, and you had driven me to the airport that day, and you and I are going to, Father Steve's going to meet us there, and Father Steve's going to fly home with me, and it's all going to be fine, right? And you and I are sitting, I, I realize, I, Father Steve only get has like, um, he'd been in the mountains and so he only has cell phone reception like every couple like I don't I don't know it was totally sporadic and so I wasn't really hearing from him and then I was hearing from him and it was clear that he didn't know what was going on and it was clear that he suddenly realized he was two hours behind and I thought he was joking at first and he wasn't and I was so stressed like horribly horribly stressed and you stay at the airport with me while we wait for Father Steve and you're like, let's let's have a breakfast together. And, and so we sit down to have breakfast together. And the whole time you're trying to engage me in conversation <laughs> because you're my spiritual father who I love very much and who I weep when I'm not in the presence of you. That was really weird grammar. Um, and and so it's like this is this is such a God-given moment of I have this one-on-one time with my spiritual father who I miss with all of my heart, especially because this was when I was first at the monastery and I hadn't mm-hmm. seen you in so long and it was really hard. And um, and I'm just, I'm just totally not engaged. Every time you try to talk to me, I'm like, Father Michael, Father Steve's not going to make it. And you're like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. How do you think it's going to be okay? This isn't, and, and so the entire breakfast, I was just thinking about Father Steve not being there. And um, and it was horrible. And and even looking back on it, I'm like, what the heck were you doing, Natalia? And 
it was this moment of just, um, yeah, I don't know. That's one of the clearest moments in my mind of like by living in, oh, spoiler, Father Steve got to the airport in time. I had a cup of coffee (laughs) ready for him and I handed him the coffee and we walked onto the plane. Like it was that close, but, um, but he made it and it was fine and everything was fine. And he sat next to me on the plane and, um, comforted me as I cried as we flew away from the mountains. Um, so all of that anxiety, first of all, for no reason, because it didn't even come to fruition. Uh, but also, even if it had, then I would have been anxious then anyways. So like, why do I need to waste the time and the energy being anxious now instead of just being with you? Um, and being with the Lord with you. And yeah, so which brings me to my last point. So Father Steve uh, actually, I didn't make this connection before, but this is the same Father Steve from the story, <laughs> was the MC at our bridegroom's banquet this year. And he, I, I just love our banquet so much that um, our annual fundraiser, because it's like, it, it is a fundraiser, right? Like people come knowing that they're coming to give us money and they, they know that they've brought their checkbooks, whatever. Um, but it really is a moment of, first of all, it's a lot of fun. You know, people have fun at our fundraiser and that's not true of a lot of fundraisers. And, but they also just like genuinely have conversions <laughs> and mm. um, like the, the videos that we make and all of that are just, it's, it's, it's such a, an opportunity for conversion. And so Father Steve was our MC and he's talking about this, about how when he watched our video in preparation for the banquet, you know, he just was like, that's what this is. It's conver- like, we didn't even have in the video any sort of um, appeal or anything like that. It was just a video about poverty and, hmm. um, and wanting to share the fruits of our prayer about that with people. And, and so Father Steve was talking about that. And he, when he did get to the part where he's talking about the money, he said, you know, I've come to realize that our credit card statements are a theological statement. Hmm. Um, where we're spending our money is a good indication of where our heart is and and where our priorities are. And um, and I think that's true and I like that a lot. But I also think the same is true of our time and our energy. And like if we were to make some kind of chart categorizing where we spend our time and our energy, I think that's a theological statement. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this uh, with my dad on my way home from the banquet because um, we're we're just talking about like anxiety and things like that, and and it's like if I'm if I'm, you know, like that moment when I'm with you and all I'm doing is is worrying about whether or not Father Steve's going to make it on time, um, which was purely selfish too, because you were like, well, it's fine, he can like get another flight, and um, but I wasn't worried about him. I knew he was going to get back to Cleveland. It was like um, this is my first time leaving Denver since I entered, and I don't want to be on that plane alone. Um, so purely selfish. So anyways, like in that where I was spending my time and my energy there, it was in no way time and energy spent being edified, <laughs> growing in holiness, learning something about the Lord, anything like that, mm. right? And um and so I think that if if we're if we're putting our energy towards anxieties and okay, there are all the nuances here. I probably shouldn't have said this 47 minutes in because I don't have time to make the nuances, but I, I totally acknowledge, please people hear me. There are nuances, there are mental disorders. 
like anxiety is a real thing <laughs> yeah. um, that can be um, psychological as well and not just, I mean, it can be um, physiological as well and not just some, like it's not always a choice is what I'm saying. And I know yeah. that and I acknowledge that and I want people to know that I know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there are also moments that we do choose anxiety. Like I, I could have chosen in that moment to just trust in the Lord and chosen that he's going to provide whatever I need on the way home. Um, and, and to just be with you in that moment, Father Michael. And, and it's exactly like, that's the choice that I made in spiritual direction. When you, when you quoted that verse to me, when you were like, you're just disobeying the word of God right now. Um, I had to make the choice of, um, yeah, like I'm going to choose to not be anxious about tomorrow simply because that's what Jesus tells me to do. Yeah. Because tomorrow, it, it's, I mean, it's funny with like a kid. I remember, you know, I, I actually, we, we went to Disneyland like once when I was really little, but um, I can imagine a kid, just because I live in Southern California now, but imagine a kid being excited for Disneyland. You know, oh, when are we going to Disneyland? Oh, it's three, mo- three weeks away. Like the kid's going to think of that every single day. Like there's no doubt that the kid's going to forget that mm-hmm. in three weeks to go to Disneyland. Like, and the same thing is true, unfortunately, with adults, usually with anxieties. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's not going to happen that I forget that I have this thing coming up that I'm anxious about, you know? So, so any way that I can, I don't need, and I, even I mean, obviously this is why we have to-do lists and to-doist and, and calendars and everything else. I, like in case we will forget someone like me, you know, I like you may, <laughs> you, you may forget that something is coming up and, and, and cause your, your brain is elsewhere. If it's in the moment. Um, so, so there, there's a, the things like that, there, there's no risk of, of forgetting. I think that's kind of at the heart of tomorrow's worries enough of its own. Like you're gonna, you're gonna have the, the opportunity to, to put in the right amount of, of, energy into this. Mm. That was, I, I, I know I've shared before as well, so I'll jump on the bandwagon with you, Mother, and, and say other things that have come up in previous podcasts. But the, I, I listened to a, a, an article one time about marijuana use and in Colorado, um, you know, there's all these strains and, and there's different ways that, that, that people have, have, are scientifically working on marijuana to have very different effects, the different strains of marijuana, the different blends of, of marijuana, et cetera. And so, you know, I, I have friends that would, were, were very much, um, frequent users of the various strains and, and blends. And they would say, you know, one blend wakes me up. One blends put me to sleep. One blend mm. makes me, um, focus. One blend helps me relax, you know, and all these things like this. And I thought, and I, I, I was listening to this news story about this and they were pretty much saying, um, people are, are using, they're always in, they're always using a substance, namely the various strains of marijuana in order to control the situation they're in. But, but almost every form is, is some sort of an escape or a, like a relaxant. So like almost mm-hmm. every form helps you to, to just feel good. And, mm-hmm. and the problem with that is that the, those people who are, who are using this, even if they think they're using it wisely, they become kind of the stereotypical potheads, you know, just like, hey, man, everything's cool. And so they never get anything done, you know, because they're, they're always in this life is good phase, which some of us experience naturally. And that's kind of where I was going with it earlier. Like, and, and, so, and so I was like, yeah, that, that's one of my challenges is, is not like assuming sometimes it's not going to be okay, you know, mm-hmm. and I need to put the work in and the responsibility into making sure that it's, 
that 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 is the case that 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 the work is put into things but that's very much a do what you can today and and do it well so that tomorrow when when the new things pop up the things we're not looking forward to the things that that, that give us that anxiety that is preventable um that we can we can handle those when they come up you know and mm-hmm. also it i've also found too it's i find that if i if i give myself kind of 3 to 4 day um, like three to four day goals. So I have these, I have these things I'm going to get done in the next two to three days. In other words, so there's two, there's there's like three or four of these a week. And I'm going to get this in the next two to three days. I almost always will 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 desire to get it done the first day, so that I don't need to worry about the next day. You know, hmm. um, for things that are, that that give me anxiety. Um, just to say, like it's gonna be so nice to get this again. The desires there that doesn't mean I always do it, um, but the desires there to do it that way in order to in order to free up the next day um, for something re- more restful and beautiful. Yeah, I the the experience I had of this recently is uh, I ha- I had to write a letter, not a letter, an article for a newsletter. Um, I didn't have to. Mother Cecilia asked me if I was willing to about the profession, and I agreed. And <laughs> I hate. Writing so much. I I'm, I love writing letters to. I was going to say. Yeah. I love writing letters. I hate writing like articles or essays mm-hmm. or whatever. I part of the reason I went to the engineering school I did is because they didn't require an application essay, and that was a big sell for me. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I just like I'm not a gifted writer. And I again like I absolutely in letters like that's a way that the Lord works through me, and that's fine. But articles, essays, it's not my thing. So she asked me this. She gave me like maybe two weeks notice or something. And I said, yes, I had the deadline on there. And um, so for one week and six days, I didn't do it. And I was anxious about how horrible it was going to be. And mind you, this was like a, I don't know, 400 word article or something, 500 words. I don't know. It was a couple paragraphs is the point. And I was so anxious. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm such a horrible writer. I'm going to keep putting it off. And so every time I put it off, then there was more anxiety. And I was like, um, I finally sat down to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to time myself. I'm going to see how long it takes me to write this article so that I know um, how quickly I could have gotten over this anxiety if I had just done the thing. And so I timed it and I think it was something like 27 minutes. Or <laughs> like, when I actually sat down to write the thing, I was like yep. 27 minutes. I could have saved myself a week and six days of anxiety if I'd mm. just taken the 27 minutes. <laughs> and, and and so it's like, what could I have been doing um, in that week and six days if I had just told myself to to not be anxious until it was time to sit down and write it, you know, or or whatever. Mm. It's like, um, all of the more fruitful places my mind could have been. I could have, I don't know, I could have been like thinking of something I wanted to write an article about. Uh, but anyways, so that's just, that's life. There was one other thing I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. But uh, practice, of, practice of the Presence of God, I really recommend that people read. Um, nice. And I, I forget the context. One thing I was going to say is that one thing I don't think Catholics uh, do well enough, and I think one of the reasons why uh, many evangelicals and Pentecostals uh, have exalted this is praise, and why the charismatic renewal, even the Catholicism exalted it, is praise. Like we don't, I forget the context. It was something you were saying earlier, Mother, but that mm. there's like praise is something that 
just no asking for things, no begging for things, no whining about things to God. Praise is just a, we should be praising most of the time, mm. right? The gospel means good news. I mean, we've received so much from God that if we are doing, if we're doing anything more than praise, it's probably we're not living a rightly ordered Christian life. And so, you know, the easiest way to do that, and I think one of the most appropriate ways is just the Psalms, especially the last um, five or six, you know, could just go to the end of the Psalms, and if if you if you're a matins prayer, then you get this in every single. I was just about to service. say, you mean like the psalms of praise, <laughs> right? So so you you begin the day you begin the day with praise. I mean that's that's appropriate. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the 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 history of the church has given us this. Um, so so we need to praise. We need to call each other on. We need to remind ourselves. We need to praise. And so if you're if you're praying Byzantine matins, you're getting it in. Can you, you can you actually think of the opening line of matins right now? Glory to the holy consubstantial life creating undivided trinity. Always now uh-huh. and ever and forever. And then right after that. Amen. <laughs> Father Michael. And then after that. Um, I mean the first part. From glory the to God in the highest and to people on earth peace and goodwill. We say that twice. And then what do we say? Um, may the Lord open my lips so my mouth to declare your something. Praise. I forget. Ah, praise. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just um, yeah. The, so amen. very first, very amen, first amen. prayer of the day that the people pray, um, that the monastics pray in matins is, um, nice. my mouth will declare your praise. Yeah, um, beautiful. Open but, my but lips. But even then it's, oh Lord, you shall open my lips. Yeah. Yep. And my mouth will declare your praise. Like even to praise you, I need your help. Um, yep. Which, by the way, what you're saying, like that's the whole concept of the practice of the presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Um, mm. You know, a friend of mine was like, the first time I uh, the first time I read it, she was like, "I just didn't like it because I thought it was going to be some sort of how to book, and it wasn't mm-hmm. that, and that's what I wanted it to be." And she was like, "But I but I read it years later, and I really appreciated it for what it was because it's not a um, it's not a how to book. It's simply a everything he talks about is that we need to be constantly calling to mind the presence of God." And and just take a moment here and there, even in the midst of vocal prayer, take a moment to pause and praise yes. God, um, yes. and to to acknowledge that He's here with me, and and to just um, yeah, give Him praise. And so it's really it's a good book. I highly recommend it. Um, and there's another one, um, abandonment to divine providence. Mm-hmm. I think de Cassade. Is that are you, are you going to no. write these down on the? Yes to put into uh, yes. whatever so, it's called. Anyways, I don't remember. I, I think I'm conflating. I think that there's another one by De Cassad. I don't think that's Abandonment to Divine Providence, but Abandonment to Divine Providence is the one that I really like. So um, I will, I'm writing that down right now and then I'll put it in the spreadsheet. So um, speaking of praising God, I need to go to Vespers. I get to go to Vespers. I want to go to Vespers. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's funny. And by the way, the, uh, the um, O Lord, whom I lift my mouth to declare praise is from Psalm 50, which is which is a psalm of repentance. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting mm-hmm. that how repentance is is, is tied into uh, is tied into praise and praise tied into repentance, and how those two things that are that seemingly are a paradox um, go well together in the same psalm. Absolutely. All right, cool. Thank you, Mother. Great topic. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You should do more topics where I just get to for myself and my my uh, behavior <laughs> the whole time. Um, next one's going to be on humility. Um, <laughs> so the 
yeah, it's um, actually, I'm really, really excited about my next topic. But anyways, let's uh, wrap up with, oh, first of all, um, since this is, since this is my episode, I'll say the things. Um, please follow us on Instagram. You can follow Father Michael on Twitter if you'd like. It His handle is at Padre Michael O. At Padre, Padre Michael O. Why does uh, Maddie knew it? Man, okay. I know. Um, I was impressed. Man, that that was very impressive. Um, okay, and then also we are on Facebook. You can like us there, follow us, or whatever you do on Facebook. And um, Goodreads, which Beth so beautifully keeps up to date. And um, the Patreon. We have a Patreon account yeah. for for our podcast and also the nonprofit that Father Michael and I have started, which is our, the URL is patreon.com slash what God is not. Also, that was almost all done by, by Beth um, with a little bit of input from Father Michael and I here and there. And so thank you to Beth for that, for all of her work. Um, you can also check out our, the website for our nonprofit if you'd like, fotina.org. That just went up today as the day that we're recording. And um, shout out to uh, Kevin Clay. He was our, our webmaster. Mm-hmm. He's also the one who uh, who loves making fun of Mother for the way she says important. I know. I At the, at the banquet <laughs> video, the um, one on poverty that I was talking about, which you can see on our monastery's YouTube if you'd like to watch it at the Christ the Bridegroom Monastery. Um, our YouTube page, the video on poverty, when we watched it at the banquet, I heard myself say important and I was like, (laughs) Um, Andrew Whaley and Kevin. So uh, I think I said all the things. It just took me a lot longer than usual. Apple Podcasts, if you give us reviews on there, it's uh, it's helpful to getting the word out about us. Mm -hmm. Um, Spotify, any of those things. Yeah, I don't think you can do recommendations on Spotify though, so I don't care as much. Oh, you're probably right. Apple Podcasts is just where you can actually like write Write re- reflections or something like recommendations, and and that's just I think that that because the algorithm that helps, and then we're on YouTube as well for the audio. Mm. Ah, yeah, YouTube. Okay, uh, prayer requests. Um, this is coming out December twenty second, I think, which is the week of Christmas. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, who would I like you to pray for? Um. Please pray for, I'm just buying time. Do you have a prayer request yet? I do. Um, I was just thinking the people that I've, I've called to mind recently. Um, if you could pray for these, uh, the health and intentions of my friend Lyric, who's um, like a, just a new, new buddy of mine. And, and I, I want to continue having good discussions over cigars and, and uh, and smokes with him, cigars and, and drinks with him. Um, and also, uh, I shared something with you earlier, Mother, that I, I won't share exactly, but just pray for Cowboy. Um, all is well, but he just had a, a little speed bump today in uh, in something uh, going on in his life. Uh, and could use prayers. And then, uh, yeah, play for, uh, yeah. And then I have another intention, is this private? And then, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Um, pray for actually, um, two couples who, um, are both near and dear to my heart, who, um, who are both struggling to conceive 
and I won't give their names because that's a very private thing. Um, but one of the couples has um, already had a couple of miscarriages, and, and since the miscarriages, they've had trouble conceiving again. Um, so please pray for them. The Lord knows their names. So. All right. Father, bless. Uh, bless all of you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May he give you peace. May he give you the ability to be free from worry and anxiety in the ways that we can control. May he give you wisdom and understanding in the ways that we can't. May he allow uh, an order to our lives. May he give us a life... Um, full of repentance and prosperity, uh, always looking forward to the good things of, of the kingdom of heaven and also desiring to experience those things even here on earth. May he allow us to undergo the purging of everything, keeping us from being able to be illumined and filled up by his grace that allows us to become more in his likeness. May our Lord give all of you also the ability to be a beacon to those you love, that they may see in your life um, a freedom from undue anxiety and be attracted to the way that Jesus offers you that great gift. May he make you strong and wise and holy. May the Lord bless all of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Love you, Father. Love, love you, you too, guys. Mother. Praying for you. All that. Bye, all. Bye.